Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Special bonus episode for you today, and that's with Raquel Seville, CEO of BI Brains Caribbean. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of our chat. Um, was quite an informative one. And thank you again for all the support you've given to the show so far. And we would love to hear your feedback. Let's get into the rest of the interview. I, I wanted to, to speak with you on, the, I guess, some yes prognosis in, in terms of augmented analytics. Um, how, how do you see that playing an increasing role in, in the field over the next couple of years? Hmm. Okay. So, well, I mean, I, I guess I'll give um, the listeners a little um, overview as to what augmented analytics is, because I know sometimes we have all these jargons that we use in our field and they're like, what the heck is that? Right. <laughs> right? It doesn't mean right. anything. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's really just um, using artificial intelligence and machine learning to augment or support or complement um, existing whether data science or business intelligence um, reporting and analytics. So I guess that's the simplified um, definition. So I definitely think augmented analytics will be the future um, of business intelligence and data science. I think that there are so many aspects of the field that will be automated because for the, the field itself has a shortage of talent. And I don't think we can upscale and train enough persons um, to meet the demand, right? Like the demand of Amazon, the demand of a Netflix, the demand of a Google, the demand of all these other major um, data companies that exist, right? Because that's really what they are. And I'm sure Tesla eventually will probably be a data company and not necessarily an electric car company, right? Um, so all these different um, companies that are focused on data and, and, and they're generating, I mean, terabytes of data in seconds, right? Uh, maybe even faster than that. Um, and, and I mean, their storage is beyond petabytes, beyond whatever it is that, that we're even thinking about um, here in the Caribbean for some of the, the, the companies that we have. So I think just the fact that there's a shortage and, and, and the fact that things are growing astron astronomically compared to how we can get talents and bodies in seats and in rows to do the job and to do the work, there has to be automation. So you definitely have to have machine learning, you definitely have to have artificial intelligence that does some of that heavy lifting. And then the analysts and the data scientists and the engineers can then focus on solving some of the other problems that exist. So... I think it's just going to be completely embedded in, in the field. It's not something that you're going to think about and say, you know, how is this going to work? It's just going to be embedded. The tools are going to come already with some aspect of um, artificial intelligence and, you know, machine learning, just like how Microsoft has been um, sort of pushing out Power BI and they have Power Apps. And then they have all these different components that you can automate, right? You can build a little app quickly and you can automate a, a business process. And I think that's just how it's going to be in the future. You got you just things are just gonna come shipped with a level of automation or customization that you can do to automate different processes. 
And that will free you up and free up your time, free up your energy now to focus on solving other data challenges that you may have. So the short answer is in the future, it's like it's just going to be fully embedded into all of the tools that we use and beyond just the tools that we use as well. It's just going to be embedded in everything, right? Whether it is a simple app that you have like um, Fitbit or, you know, to track your steps or whatever it is, um, or it could be um, an app that you use to, you know, for a restaurant or for whatever. I think that just that aspect of, you know, understanding certain patterns, certain trends and putting forward um, whether it is recommendations or um, putting forward suggestions, whatever it is, I think it's just going to be fully embedded in everything that we use moving forward. And I imagine it will be fully embedded with the Internet of Things devices that are already yes. coming out on the market. Correct. And right. will increasingly be a part of our homes. Um, yes. To my chagrin partially um because i'm not sure about the storage of that data but nonetheless it's what is coming but on the on the opposite side of things i guess what what is the or some of the or is the most overhyped thing or things in in the field in your view at present Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a funny one um because I think persons got annoyed with the terminology big data. Persons just say data now, right? I think Garner had said, like, it's an overused, overhyped word, and we need to just drop the big data and just call it data because big data was sort of an emerging issue or challenge that we're having, and now we're here. We're in the midst of it, and it's just data. So I, I can't say big data anymore. No, I don't I didn't say I don't really hear anyone say big data anymore. You just say data, right? Um, because it's the, the, the big data is like it's, um, it speaks for itself. You really don't need to to quantify it um, because we already know that it that it is what it is. So that's probably one of the ones that was really getting overused, overhyped. Um, we do hear a lot of data as a new oil, of course. Um, that phrase does get used a lot, and yes, exactly. But I'm, to be honest, I do I do like it because I think it helps. It helps some persons who are not in the field to understand the value so you're 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 looking at i mean i think everyone and anyone can understand oil right you can understand oil. you can understand you know mm-hmm. you, you you drill you take it in whatever form it is in and then you do um your refinement and all of that go through different processes until you get to something that is the end product that we will have in our cars in whatever it is and this is the same process with data right you take data from this chaos and confusion of our day-to-day lives and then you refine it you know with ETL processes and you know machine learning artificial intelligence and all these different things and then at the end of it you get the end result um which is something that you can use to make decisions something that you can use to support your business right something for example Amazon recommendation engine is them taking you doing all these different um clicks clicking on different products, doing different transactions, doing different purchases, and they take all that data and say, okay, you can, I recommend these products based on your history, based on all the things that you're doing. And it, and it actually is, the, I mean, at the point that they're doing them, when they keep refining, they keep refining, they keep refining the oil, they're at the point where it's pretty accurate, right? Well, they're actually getting, right, actually getting persons doing transactions just from clicking on a recommendation. 
right? Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe a 80% um, in terms of sale. And imagine you as a business, if you could do that, if you could actually um, take the information that you have on your customers and increase your sales. Well, well they're right? the best, they're the best seller in the world, but um, a, a lot of people may not know, but I haven't looked at the, the numbers um, mm-hmm. for, for this year, but mm-hmm. their AWS really is the engine of the business, not, not the selling of, Correct. Chinese, Chinese, cheap Chinese products. Or <laughs> um, is the AWS that is really a, a behemoth in the space. I know Microsoft competes in that space as well, but mm-hmm. Amazon Web Services is the biggest um, player in that area. Yes. And it, I think it's the fastest. I think the last thing I said was like the fastest um, segment of their business, the fastest growing segment of their business. Like it's just doubling profits. So if it's like, if it started out at um, three billion, then it went to six, you know, and just keeps doubling and doubling and just increasing. There's no other segment in the business that has those kind of um, that has a kind of growth and has the kind of margin that AWS has. So you're right. It's like it's and, the and that, it's the breadwinner. And that probably is a lesson there for for our Caribbean. Um, I don't not just politicians, but in terms of business, is that. Mm-hmm. Those kind of businesses, not only that specific um, business model, but those kind mm-hmm. of businesses within the technology space can scale very, very, very easily and quickly. So it, instead of having to put in $100 of inputs to get back out $200, you might only be spending an additional $10 to get back $500. So right. it, it, can, it scales very, very well in terms of infrastructure once is there. Um, in terms of servers for their specific businesses, not like if you, you got to come and put in another 5 million or 50 million in investment in, in the servers. So it's right. um, diff- different to maybe the meat and potatoes of what we do in the Caribbean, which is normally heavily uh, dependent on, um, you know, having to maybe build a new hotel and or you have to expand. Right, the hotel right. which is heavily capital intensive. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Right. And, and the barriers to entry are very high because if you don't have capital or access to the capital to put that sort of infrastructure in, then you're, you're already out of the market, right? It's not even possible for you, but with the current dispensation of life that we have, where we, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about that, the fourth industrial, um, fourth industrial revolution and all the things that we have access to, but the reality, like, like, as you just put it, you put it correctly. Right. And you really put into perspective that based on where we are right now at this present moment, we in the Caribbean stand a chance just as anyone else. Right. So we don't have to say, oh, we don't have the capital. We don't have the this, we don't have the whatever. Right. You can literally create a storefront or create a website and sell your products, sell your services, just like anyone else in China, anyone else in whichever part of the world. Right. They're, they're, they're sort of a level playing field in, in some ways. And we have the same costs, right? So that, that is, it's not like, okay, I want to build a hotel here in Jamaica, I want to build a hotel here in China, and it's this, and it, you know, it's like 2 billion, and then it's like 3 billion here or whatever, is that we have the same cost um, to do that. So you go in Shopify or wherever it is, or you go on WordPress and you want to spin up a site or spin up whatever, or you could just use Instagram and Facebook ads, which are ridiculously cheap for you to reach your audience. Imagine that, like you don't have to use traditional media if you don't want to especially based on if you're you know running certain digital products 
Because you're going to use traditional media. As well. Exactly, exactly. It does depend. But then you don't, you're using traditional media. You're not even know, you don't even know if your audience received the message or not. Right? And you can literally do a Facebook ad and say, okay, I want to reach um, this person in this parish, in this, who likes this, who's this, between this age group. I mean, the traditional media can't necessarily give you that. And so I guarantee that your message will reach this specific criteria that you've identified. But that's the, that, that's the space that we're in right now. And I think based on us being in that space, the Caribbean and, you know, citizens of the Caribbean has an opportunity to, and we like to use this word again, maybe an overused one, but it is the reality. We have an opportunity to leapfrog <laughs> um, ahead of even some of these emerging countries or developing countries and bring ourselves to a point of being, you know, not referred to as this third world or whatever it is that we can change. We can change our future. We can change, you know, what's, you know, what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years down the line if we make the right choices around digital and around technology and around infrastructure. Because the reality as well is that we do have challenges with infrastructure, with the telecommunications providers that we, what we have. And uh, whether it is, we can, we can blame it on the fact that, you know, um, these companies are monopolies too long and um, we didn't invite competition in um, quick enough, like digital has been here, what, 15 years in, in terms of being in the, in the country. Mm-hmm. And maybe for some markets, um, like, I mean, Jamaica, I think, had maybe four or five telcos and we're now down to two because of mergers and acquisitions. Was that really the best thing? Um, you know, those are some of the questions I think now we're looking at. So, well, I don't know if it was, you know, maybe it would have been better if we still mm-hmm. had four or five players as opposed to two because then it just becomes this, you know, this battle, like, oh, who, you know, I'm going to switch. Okay, you go here and then you have the challenge and you come back. You know, it, it, it just becomes this, you know, very, I mean, we, we, have, we have to just be honest with ourselves, I think, and realize that we need to make, if we're trying to get ourselves out of this current um, predicament, right, that we're in, which is the fact that the shocks and whatever else happens globally cripples us, impacts us severely. I mean, it, it, it's at the point where I think I heard the numbers. It was like 80, 80 plus countries that have gone to the IMF in some sort of way, whether it is just um, maybe setting up like a, <laughs> like a credit line, <laughs> like what you do with your bank or yeah. something like that, or actually just outright going back to borrowing, right? And, 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 and we know for the Caribbean, there are countries, I mean, like what Jamaica has sort of ended the relationship with the IMF and, you know, Barbados, I think, mm-hmm. um, was working on, um, you know, just, starting out your economy and not having to be dependent on a third party. But the reality is that the position that we're all in now is like, we have to go back to borrowing and to, you know, either it was not to borrow we're definitely pulling at whatever um, surplus that we had stored wherever. So, I mean, as I said, I think you just put it the right way and the, 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 you just put it into context. And I hope anyone who listens to the podcast sort of gets that context that, where we are right now, there's an opportunity for each and every person to change their future, to change their present, um, just by, you know, just looking around at opportunities in the digital and tech space, right? And there, there's so much opportunity and there, there's so much that you can do and you can leverage the very, very inexpensive um, infrastructure that's there. You don't have to say, I can't afford a computer because it is, 3,000 US or 1,000 US, you're at a point where, you know, you can take advantage of 
you know, what is here at a very affordable um, cost. Definitely agree with, with everything you've said there. And uh, unfortunately, it might be the case, but we as humans and as societies don't tend to make proactive change. So it's very rare you see in business, personal life, or in terms of country, where it proactively changes ahead of time. We, we generally mm-hmm. wait until the, the problem is big in your face, and then we start scrambling around trying to find change, which is why I think um, I, I'm a big fan of business podcasts and, and reading about different business cases and business strategy and so on. But I think it's instructive what Netflix did in, the, I think it was the early 2000s versus what Blockbuster did, which was basically faded into irrelevance. And um, I think yes. there might be a couple stores open still doing whatever they do, but they're completely irrelevant now. Uh, but Netflix, ahead of time, when it looked silly to change what was a winning business model, they got ahead of it and invested into the digital infrastructure and to a new mm-hmm. model of doing business. And uh, now, obviously, they're, I can't remember how much they're, they're worth at the minute, but they're a very successful company. Um, right. But I, I would not. I would have wished that for the Caribbean, we didn't need to get to this stage to now be starting to think of really um, bringing these policies to the fore and focusing on alternative things to tourism. But unfortunately, it has happened, and, and I do hope that it is the spur for us to, to really seek to diversify your economy. So, well. Every single economy in the world pretty much has been affected big time. Mm-hmm. I think if we diversify our economy, similar to diversifying when you're investing, you don't just put all your money in, in one and say red 26 and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I hope the, the leadership that be and the, and the powers that be will will see the light, so to speak. Um, I've heard a, a famous politician say, never let a good crisis go to waste. And we mm-hmm. certainly shouldn't let this one go and still be doing the same thing in five years' time. So we will see in terms of that. But um, I wanted to get some personal advice from you um, for persons um, wherever they are in in the Caribbean or even beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. If if they were looking at pursuing a similar career path to yours, um, obviously since you've been in school, they've had a a number of new um, degrees (laughs) and courses of study come online and you can study on Harvard, Harvard X and, and do courses on Coursera and so on. But what would be the advice you, you would give to them? Yeah, there's, there's, there is a plethora of resources um, that's currently available. So my advice um, to anyone that wants to enter the field or think that they want to enter the field is to one, I would say if you can find a mentor or find someone that you look up to in the field or look up to in the space just to maybe get some advice or ask some questions or get some direction from them, it helps. And when I say a mentor, you don't have to think, you know, the Caribbean or Jamaica or Barbados or Trinidad. Think global, right? There are so many persons that are accessible, that are thought leaders, that are um, dominant in the space that would be willing to give advice, that would be willing to coach, that would be willing to answer questions if, you know, maybe based on, you know, their bandwidth or whatever it is that they're working on and maybe just be able to answer a few questions for you. You can literally reach out to persons on Twitter, on Instagram. You can just send them a DM or respond to something that they've done or try and get an email if they have an email available um, publicly, 
right? So I would say try to just reach out um, to persons and don't limit yourself to just persons who are in your region or persons who are in your country. It's a global mm-hmm. space and you have to think globally. So if you go on LinkedIn and you search for someone, you see, okay, this person is like the BI manager at Netflix and I'm curious, um, you know, maybe I could ask them some questions and, you know, send them a message or a connection request and ask some questions, try and find out something, maybe get some advice about um, whatever it is. So I think it's just important to have a mentor, just someone who you can, um, you know, just ask questions and get information. And sometimes you won't have a direct mentorship one-on-one, right? Because persons may not have the the availability to mm. do that. Yeah. But you can get mentorship just by following the person, by, you know, maybe seeing what they post, maybe ask a question um, based on something that they post and then they answer that or whatever it is. So there are different ways that you can get mentorship. I think that is important in the field because it sort of helps you to, because to, to, there's so many different angles that you can go know in the data space. It helps if you have some guiding light as to what do you want to focus on. Is it that you want to go on more the data scientist side and you want to do, you know, more algorithms and you want to build models and test those models and see if, you know, you can make predictions about certain things. Are you, are you more interested on the back end, the data engineering side and moving data from different sources into um, whatever it is, into the cloud, into databases, whatever, um, or data visualization. So what aspect of the field are you most interested in and maybe you don't know um at present and if you don't then that's why it's always good to you know seek out mentorship and seek out persons that are you know doing different things doing interesting things i always say just think global and think big and it may seem daunting like oh let me talk to somebody who works at google but a lot of these persons they're very open and they want people to coach especially women in tech or especially persons who are young in the field or persons who mm-hmm. um, may have a Caribbean background or some sort of African ancestry. There are so many different connections that you can make with people. Like I've met so many of these persons at conferences and sometimes you find that, okay, this person works at Amazon or they work at Google or they work at whichever company it is and they have, they come from Jamaica or they come from Trinidad. Like I met this data mm-hmm. scientist um, and she was from Trinidad. <laughs> we just met at a conference and she was from Trinidad working in um, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's there, and another person I met as well working at Amazon. She's from Trinidad. There's another young lady I met. She was from Jamaica, somewhere in um, some rural part, I think, of, of, of Jamaica that she was from. And these persons are actually very open and willing to mentor um, young women and men who are interested in getting in the field, right, and giving them advice and giving them tips and helping them to grow. So just be open, just reach out to persons. Um, you just never know, you know, there may be persons, as I said, who may not have the time and the bandwidth, but there are lots of persons who will be willing to give you advice. And like you said, there are so many free resources online. It's mind boggling, (laughs) right? So you don't have to, especially if you're not sure where to focus, I would say Mm -hmm. do an online course. Right. So go online, go on Udemy, go on Coursera, go on EDX. See where it is and, for you or Right. Exactly. And go through one of these programs. They have all these different courses that you can do. See if you like it. See what you don't like. See what you're interested in. See what you, you, you know, you gravitate towards. See what you're naturally good at. And you can do that for zero dollars. Right. All you need is just time and focus. That's all you, that's all you, that's the only commitment that you need. There are some courses that you, you you know you can pay for, but there are so many of them that you can do for free and you don't actually have to pay anything, right? 
So I, I would just say if you're not sure which specific area you want to focus on, then try those out. Try the different certifications. Or if you're not doing a certification, just go through and do the course itself. Work through the course content and figure out what it is that you'd like to really zone in on. So that would be my second bit of advice to really and truly sort of test it all before you commit. And if you're ready to commit, of course, there's so many different certifications that you can do. And these are certifications, as you mentioned, you have Harvard um, that offers a certification for, for data analytics and for data science. You have tons of different universities that have these online. You can also, if you want to check out, I know University of the West Indies now has a data science master's program. If you're interested in making that sort of commitment financially and otherwise, that's something that you could do as well. If you believe in the more, which I'd say traditional way of, 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 of um, <laughs> of education, which is getting a bachelor's and then a master's and whatever it is, that's something as well that you can, that you can look into, but you don't have to make that commitment, right? Like, um, there are so many choices and so many options here that you can literally figure it out and you can get jobs and, and, and get, um, different roles by getting these certifications. There are persons that are hiring based on the fact that you have done work and completed things. And what helps, I think, when you're trying to look to get into the field is to actually just, um, you know, like do some of the challenges um, that are out there, right? You can, you know, go to um, these, you can register for the different online platforms that may have, they may offer a data set and they may say, you know, if you can create some um, code or something like that to figure some mm. things out, do some of those challenges and, you know, put up the information that you're doing online, you know, on, on, um, on the on the on your on a website if you have a website or share it on all the different platforms that you have where you can share your work and mm -hmm. you know do it like that don't approach like that because that helps your resume that helps your resume when people see that you've actually done something you've actually taken data that is imperfect unstructured and you've analyzed it and you've come up with some patterns some um you know algorithms some models whatever it is to look at the way to look at the data differently that mm -hmm. that helps and people look at you differently and they won't just say, okay, well, you know, you just come, you just did a whole bunch of courses online. What does that even mean? You're showing that you actually can do the work. You have the mm -hmm. skill set to complete. So I, I, those are my three tips. Put something out there that you're doing, find a mentor and just go crazy with all the resources that you have online and just figure out what you like. Well, I think that should be very helpful for people out there thinking of, um, you know, what direction to go and maybe might be feeling overwhelmed with the many different things you could potentially pursue. Um, but it's a matter of starting and, and seeing mm -hmm. what what direction you might want to go. You might try the first thing and realize that might not be for you or what have you. And, or you might try it and then find yourself similar to you going in an alternative area. So... Mm -hmm. Just get stuck in, basically. Yes. Um. So, so I just wanted to close um the show by by speaking on your analytics on fire podcast. Um, that's been going, I think, since early twenty nineteen. Right. Yes. So, um, BI Brains um has an analytics on fire podcast, and that is hosted by Miko, hosted by Miko Yoke, and Sue does. I mean, Sue is a master at marketing and uh, ensuring that the podcast gets to the ears of our listeners. 
Um, so the podcast is pretty much um, focused around the data space, telling stories mm-hmm. around persons who are in the field who are actually executing, who are actually doing this on a day-to-day basis. So there are different um, persons that you see being interviewed from different companies across the world. So it, it's, it's, I think, an excellent place to start for persons as well, right? Who'll be looking in this space. You can just search for Analytics on Fire podcast and you can listen to the different interviews, maybe something, a topic that you're interested in. I think it's a very good um, podcast for persons to really and truly get the stories behind um, sometimes the successful use cases that you hear about from different companies or just stories behind how persons deal with you know, the challenges are the not so sexy topics of like user adoption, right? How, you know, how persons navigate that and how, you know, what are the success stories around that? So I think there are just, there's so much content. I think it's like almost 70 um, episodes now. So there's so much content out there um, on the podcast. And I think that if you have not listened as yet, then you can just go out and just, you know, Pick any one of the episodes and just listen, and I'm sure that you'll find something there for you. Most definitely. Um, from my side as a non-data person, I was able to pick up a, a few things from the episodes I've listened to. So so definitely, if you have a, a passion for the data area, you're definitely going to learn quite a lot. Um, we will be linking to, to the podcast in the podcast description uh, for this show. Um, so you'll be able to check that out, and you'll be able to find the BI brains on Instagram and the other places you can find them online as well. And of course, Raquel's um, socials as well will be in the podcast description. Um, I want to thank Raquel Seville for joining me today. It's been a very informative podcast. We've touched on quite a few topics and um, really want to wish her all the best and continuing to go from strength to strength with both BI Brains, Analytics on Fire, and her, her general career. Thank you. It was great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. You're most welcome, Raquel, and uh, we, we will talk soon. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the New Vision Podcast. Of course, you can download every episode on your favorite podcast app on your Apple or Android device. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter. We would really appreciate your feedback, which you can give us on IG or Twitter, or alternatively, leave a voice note through the Anchor.fm app.